0: Big Finish, for the love of stories. You're listening to The Big Finish Podcast. The space date, the 24th of April, 2022. How awful. What is it? A scorch mark. All that's left of a person who's been
1: incinerated. Just a shadow of soot upon the wall. What could do such a thing? An energy weapon, or or rather, the thing wielding it. Hey, but that's like us. Precisely. Like a Dalek. But you killed them all, Doctor. You wiped out their entire race. I I don't think you need to keep reminding me, Jamie. Then it can't be the Daleks. Maybe there's something else, some other race that's developed similar weapons. Another race that could wreak destruction on this scale. Exterminate people in their own homes.
0: Good morning, good evening, good day, and goodness gracious me. You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, a podcast where we delve into the worlds of audio madness here at Big Finish.
2: Oh, yes. What an incredible podcast we've got coming out. It's all a bit frantic and improvised this week because... That's just the way we roll. That's how we do things. The good review guide coming up um, is going to be Sherlock Holmes, the seamstress of Peckham Rye. Did you know that we won an award for that? What, do you know what? I think we did, didn't we? Come, Watson, the game's
0: afoot! Rather fantastic. Yourself as uh, Sherlock Holmes in that one. Uh, India Fisher. It's it's a uh, huge, whopping release, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah.
2: And there we go, behind the scenes with the second Doctor Companion Chronicles, volume three. I'm George Mann, I'm the writer of the script. And after that, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And also available, Torchwood, Infidel Places.
3: A narrow-minded, patronising man who is considerably less Clever than he imagined.
2: And we give you a special preview of Thunderbirds' Operation Asteroids. <laughs> I'd take any risk that might help her ladyship. Naturally, the uh, Randomoid Selectatron will be along to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected big finish release. A doctor, do the doors of the Marquise de Randel Salon open now to the bourgeoisie? And our 15-minute drama tease will be the second Doctor Companion Chronicles' Volume three. Do you
4: trust him, Jamie? The machine will hurt you if you lie. Do you trust him?
0: I don't know. Um. Well, it's a huge, bombastic list of things there. I guess. Um. The first thing to do is get some reviews up, Nick. First, uh, Sherlock Holmes seems just a peck and rye. Um. Just so much fun. I love. I love our Holmes range, and I was rather, rather thrilled. Uh, when I got a chance to to do a bit of sound design on it, it's just lovely. Re, you know, retellings of stories and new stories as well. Um, really, actually recommend it to people. I think it just it's real great fun.
2: And just a reminder that we will be uh, looking at the Good Review Guide for Tortured Madam. I'm next week, uh, as advertised for this week, but but due to my own inefficiency, we're doing Sherlock Holmes instead. (laughs) So here's the
5: trailer. There's been a murder, Dr. Watson, in a smart family in a smart part of town. Well, it's not my world, you understand. They've closed ranks against me. But it troubles me, sir. The savagery of it in the heart of the greatest city on
2: Earth. The concentrated brutality of the thing.
6: Come, Watson, the game's afoot!
2: From Big Finish Productions... Sherlock Holmes, the seamstress of Peckham Rye.
0: A dead barrister in a new suit with a code in his pocket which has baffled the experts.
2: The redoubtable Mrs. Tyndall was just about to tell me the story of that tragic night as she recollects it.
4: I was. Anything I can do to bring my husband's killer to justice.
2: I'm searching for links in the chain, for the proper connective tissue. A dead barrister, A missing neighbour, a new suit, a baffling cipher and a survivor who takes every night to the London stage in spite of her evident instability. An evening of terrible revelation!
4: I was held captive in the cellar of my husband's home in Maida Vale. I lived in darkness and in squalor with almost every dignity stripped from me.
7: If anyone can figure it out, Mr. Holmes, I'm sure that you can.
2: The name, sir. The name, at the very thought of which you turned quite pale this morning and flung me from these premises. I do intend to marry her, you know, at the earliest
0: possible opportunity. But she needs, well, uh, her husband has to grant her a divorce first.
6: But I'm not now, nor have I ever been a criminal. I'm not the kind of fellow your friend Holmes would run down on some lonely moor before cuffing me and dragging me to justice.
0: I make no assumptions, Mr. Drennan. I'd
5: rather
2: face my own wife or the police or a dozen consulting detectives than speak that name
0: aloud to
5: you.
2: Tell
0: me, man!
2: Big finish. We love stories.
0: <laughs> I'm just waiting for him. I'm so sorry. My wife <laughs> has made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump in straight with the reviews then. This one here is from indie Mac user Ian McArdle, who says, Nicholas Briggs and Richard Earle, as Holmes and Watson, are incredibly at home in their roles, and it's always a pleasure to hear them spark off one another. As with the master of Blackstone Grange, this tale tackles some weighty issues, whilst the former looked at class, here matters of equality are considered. Genevieve Dumont remains under the power of her husband, unable to move on with her life until he signs the divorce papers, whilst Mrs Culpepper has had horrors visited upon her by her late spouse. While Sony alluded to, the implications of these make for some very dark fare indeed. As ever, the production values of this release are exemplary, with a lively score from Jamie Robertson, mm-hmm. which is also provided as isolated tracks, always oh, very good at that, uh, and absorbing that. sound design from Benji Clever. Ah, Thank you very much. I've been absorbing I'm sound des- design. I was thinking, was it most absorbing? Um, <laughs> the whole package uh, is deftly directed by Ken Bentley, who ensures the story remains, uh, the story maintains its pace as the mystery builds. Yes, very yes, nice, very yes. nice.
2: Yes, I give that eleven out of nine. Uh, Sci-Fi Bulletins, Paul Simpson says it may have been a long time coming. Just a little bit of a complaint in there, like some moan, like some moan. Uh, but this is well worth the wait, with some trepidation given the foreboding and foreshadowing in the final part. I'm looking forward to the conclusion of this trilogy. Eight out of ten. Is there is there a conclusion coming? Well, there might be i mean you never know do you really uh there's more sherlock holmes coming that's for sure don't you worry um i give that 10 out of 8 10 out of 8 9 out of 22 million um
0: we've got one yeah. here from sci-fi uh razor i think that's how how it's pronounced how would you pronounce it nick
2: I would pronounce it the way you do. Brilliant,
0: brilliant. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Seamstress of Peck and Rye, is the excellent middle chapter in a trilogy. Jonathan Barnes picks up where he left off in the previous box set. In the process, he perfectly captures Holmes, Watson and the world they inhabit. Bravo, Big Finish. Bring on the final instalment of this trilogy of Sherlock Holmes, The Fiends of New York City, uh, 9.5 out
2: of 10. I give it 10 out of 9.5 You see there's a pattern emerging here Of course, yes, the final instalments Will be The Fiends of New York City Out soon, I think mm. um, <clears throat> a Greatdetectives.net says Yours truly, uh, Johnny Blogger is, is, um, is writing this
0: Johnny the Blogger c-
2: The casting and acting performances are impeccable Mark Elstob and Lucy Briggs-Owen Turn in flawless performances as Americans India Fisher offers Uh, one of her most vocally unique performances. It's brilliant, actually. Briggs and Earl know their characters well and turn in a superb performance that highlights the strength and the complexities of the relationship between Holmes and Watson. The characters are well drawn and engaging from start to finish. Uh, There's at least one major mystery that's left unresolved at the end of the set and a few plot points that remain open questions all of which should be resolved in next year's release i can only hope that story is as superb as this one 4.5 out of 5 i give it 5 out of 4.5
0: fantastically done
2: it always Onto reminds Twitter. me there's, there's
0: a great gag that um i remember when i was growing up and there was a um program in england for kids called chuckle vision and There was a fantastic joke in there <laughs> to me to you which is um they um they turn up at this this house and um basically they've been camping and it's it it's really rainy and so they turn up and and they realize that they haven't got a reservation so they have to give their names. So they look down at what they're holding and they've both got two magazines and one is Ideal Homes and the other is What's On. So they take a, so I, I, I'm I'm uh, Mr Ideal Homes and this is Dr What's On. And I just always <laughs> thought that was quite funny. Um, Made me Uh, laugh anyway. Um, Well, on Twittergopolis over here, the mean streets of Twitter, (laughs) Justin B. Quinix says "Uh, The Seamstress of Peck and Rye from Big Finish is a riveting atmospheric piece, rich in layered nostalgic drama. Uh, Sincerely, I find Briggs Nicholas, that's Nicholas Briggs, to be my favourite since Jeremy Brett, passionately bringing to life the nuances and character that made me a Sherlock fan since childhood. That's a huge bit of praise there, Nick.
2: I mean, it is, isn't it? It Very certainly nice. is. Thank you, Justin. Uh, uh, at Carl, uh, will fall <laughs> to <laughs> some <laughs> numbers. Uh, the Seamstress of Peck Rye is a fab story I'll return to again. And it's a shame the next one is delayed. But this is another range I hope goes on, as there is, in fact, room for more Holmes interpretation in your life if it's this bf1 oh thank you i don't think it is delayed i think that uh, there was a slight mistake in the releasing of this one which intimated initially that um the fiends of new york was coming out at the same time but yeah because it was because it was delivered all on time i seem to recall cool. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. don't you worry so it's no criticism of you Yes. Um, listen I just wanted to repeat again that uh, Torchwood Madam I'm which was scheduled to be reviewed this week will be next week but that is my fault naughty naughty Nick thank you So,
0: what's coming up next? It's a behind-the-scenes preview of The Second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 3. Delve into that one, get behind the action, and listen now.
6: Hi, I'm Ian Atkins. I'm the producer of The Companion Chronicles uh, Second Doctor Volume
2: 3. You know,
6: the death of the Daleks, it's... Well, actually, the character is, is something I've been bubbling around with
2: for a couple of years. It's this Dalek that goes around tidying up, but has occasionally been seen by Daleks just before they die, and, and word has begun to get around. It's become a sort of legendary figure.
6: That had been back in my mind, and then um, when we actually started plotting out Volume 3, uh, I just thought, actually no, I, I would like to go back to that. and um, So I sort of spoke to George Mann,
2: and I sort of said, could we have something you know, with this character?
1: Doctor, maybe we should go back to the TARDIS. It's too soon for all this. Everything that happened on Scarrow. Well, maybe it's not just Victoria, who needs some rest? Don't be ridiculous,
6: Jamie. I, I I'm ridiculous. George Mann, I'm the writer of the script. I've written Doctor Who in, in novel form, in audio form, as comic books and as video game scripts. And it keeps it keeps things lively to be able to shift between I feel very lucky to be able to write Doctor Who in lots of different forms. Really, a lot of discussions between myself and Ian about... Um, about the Daleks and uh, about trying to do a different type of Dalek story something we hadn't seen before and also something that was a real character piece for the Doctor
2: Eradicate Hello uh, I'm Nick Briggs and I play Dalek Death It's not a chore to do a new Dalek voice because it's one of my favourite things to do Dalek voices you know it puts me in mind of um, uh, back in the day when uh, I was doing the uh, fan productions audio visuals You hurt me
8: The we
2: finally got a bunch of, um, for want of a, a, a better description, hippies in an electronics shop to actually make us a ring modulator. We went in there and said, Do you have a ring modulator? And they said, Oh, no, um, but. Um, remember there was a circuit diagram in a magazine i was reading recently and i tell you what if you come back next week i'll i'll have made it for you and when when they put the thing together and i went in the next week you know we we just practiced to see if it worked and i was quoting um dalek invasion of earth and you know attention survivors of london and all that so right i've always had a fascination for how my voice interacts with a ring modulator so to come up with a new dalek is it's sort of brings that thrill back to life, really. And when I did the first one for the TV series, Russell T. Davis was very keen for me not to do the typical Dalek voice. He wanted me to sort of push the envelope and make it more expressive. So to a certain extent, I've always been doing it. And, you know, and Dalek Khan came along, it was all sort of giggly. And uh, and so this, this guy, I I, want, I wanted him the, the Dalek death because initially, um, in the story we sort of believe that it's part of the doctor having a bit of a guilt nervous breakdown about having wiped out the daleks and being responsible for a genocide really and so i wanted i wanted it to have some echoes of the dalek emperor in its voice and i think i don't know whether you heard that in it and and uh, to remind him of the terrible thing he'd done because he'd had the big confrontations with the Dalek Emperor. And so I sort of based it on that, but also um, just making it nastier and more deathly, yeah. To preserve the Daleks, to ensure the continued
1: success of all Dalek missions. Ah, now I'm beginning to understand. You're the cleanup crew,
2: aren't you? Then I remember seeing uh, Evil of the Daleks twice. I remember watching it the second time, not realising to start with and then thinking, hold on, I've seen this before, haven't I? No one was interested in talking to me about it in our household. So that was a little little insight into my lonely thought processes as a child. Um, So meeting Fraser uh, was a big thing for me, however many years ago it was. I'm trying to think when it was. The earliest I can think of is that I did a Mythmakers with him with the the video interviews and I met him then and he often laments, he said, you were very respectful to me back then, Nick. And he said, now you're just rude to me. (laughs) It's not true. So I've always got on really well with him and I've always been sort of, um, you know, he's an icon for me in in Doctor Who terms, a really long-running Doctor Who companion with my favourite doctor. Patrick Troughton is my favourite doctor. Uh, They're all brilliant, of course, but uh, yeah he's, I think he had the most difficult job to do, you know, reinvent Doctor Who and for it to be acceptable to, a, to an audience out there. And, you know, and working with Fraser and him doing the Doctor as well, that's, that's huge fun.
1: You know who I am. You are the destroyer.
4: My name is Lisa Bowerman and I directed Death of the Daleks. <laughs>
0: Emma, could I get some level please?
5: Mm. And scr- sort of yeah just
4: do the first uh, yeah it's uh, the battle's over
5: and then the Daleks came within then a few yeah uh, this is you uh, telling the story right yeah
4: and then the Daleks came and within a few hours everything had changed Well, um, I mean, obviously, Emma is is pretty well known and in the States as well with General Hospital and and the Colbys uh, and everything. And um, it was actually Fraser who suggested her for the role. Uh, There's always going to be a certain, oh, well, you know, can she do radio or audio or whatever? Well, um, Fraser also knew that she'd done audio work before. And it's very interesting because obviously I was working blind, but not only was she great, she was lovely and she hit the mark absolutely. My name is Emma Sams and I've been playing Anya. Fraser, bless his heart, yes. Um, we've known each other for many years but never never been particularly had the opportunity to spend much time together and, and never worked together before. Um, So when he recommended me for this, which obviously is a fantastically kind thing for him to do, and I hope I've not let him down, um, it's been an absolute joy to finally have got to to see his skills and his talents and stand next to him and and, and participate. When I read the script and knowing that he was playing both those parts, I assumed that they would be recorded separately. Um, To see him switch back and forth as he does, it's just, it's like a masterclass unbelievably skilled and i'm i am i i'm still well you can tell <laughs> i am still um in awe of of the fact that he's able to do that
2: well any mi- minute now we'll be having uh listeners emails mm. just wanted to mention that the also available uh, section this week is torchwood infidel places but yes now listeners emails <laughs>
0: Well, you don't need to be careering around uh, the mean streets of Victorian London to send an email. It's totally easy. All you have to do is just send your emails in to podcast at uh, bigfinish.com. Send them in. And if you're lucky, they may be read out. I hope so. We try our oh, best. We don't, yeah, always, yeah, yeah. we don't always get to read all of them out because um, we do get a lot of emails. But uh, we'll certainly try Um, This one here has got the wonderful subject of uh, Jolly uh, Jovanka, sent by Archie Ward. Uh, It says, hey, Nick and Benji, Uh, I hope you're well. Archie Ward here again. Well, I'm well. Are you well, Nick? Yes, thank you. bit confused. We are well, but confused. Well confused, you might say. Uh, I was just emailing as I recently re-listened to the brilliant Time in Office, written by the amazing Eddie Robson and oh, was just yeah. thinking how lovely the dynamic of late era Five and Tegan duo is. Would you ever consider releasing more stories with them as a duo? I'm sure a few more stories can fit in somewhere, there's always a way to find them somehow. I'd love to see Five and Tegan argue for a box set or three. Um, I don't know, what's your thoughts? Also, I can't wait for the Unbound 6th Doctor series. Looks amazing,
2: many thanks archie ward well archie you'll have it by now hopefully um yeah and uh, yeah absolutely it'd be nice to do more of the fifth doctor and tegan i don't know whether anything is particularly planned for that but i'd never rule it out and you're absolutely right it's a nice duo the characters work really well together i think um next up here's one from anthony Zahetna, our old friend anthony who was not written in for a while or maybe we've just not read any out for a while. Um, Both are very he, plausible. Uh, yeah, 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 it's true, true. Uh, the subject line of his email is uh, a quick word on the 15-minute drama teases. Dear Nick and Benji, a quick word on the 15-minute drama teases. <laughs> or teasers, if I may. more teasers. Uh, the one for Doctor Who Unbound Doctor of War Genesis uh, for newsletter subscribers blew away my expectations. I'm sure you will insert a wind effect. <laughs> There we go. Uh, Though probably not the one from Death to the Daleks. That I didn't. I never assumed that was wind. I just thought that was like the planet's atmosphere. Oh, that's what I just thought. That's I just thought that was what it was. What else was it then? I don't know. Tom Baker and Sadie Miller are word perfect and I thought I was listening to the scene lifted from Genesis of the Daleks' 1960, 1965 Nineteen seventy-five <laughs> programme. This text is quite small, and I'm old and blind. Uh, Colin is now the fifth Doctor. I know, crazy. Uh, the clip from Stranded 4 in the podcast was less enjoyable as it was spoilerific and continuity-heavy. Maybe I'm not the only one. Who is yet to listen to Stranded 3. Sorry if I am too slow, though I understand others are up to date. Uh, anyway, interesting if these were released in reverse and both are quite diverse. Benji is not the only poet.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, take care and thanks for spoiling us in a gift way, not a storyline one. Well, the thing is, Anthony, I mean, if you hadn't listen to stranded three what on earth are you doing listening to the 15 minute drama tease for stranded four i mean what you're doing there anthony is asking for trouble valid point um but you know <laughs> at the same time ta- at the same
0: time i can understand that sometimes you just want to listen you want to well, that's it's there exciting, we're dangling isn't it?
2: it in front yeah we're dangling it in it's front dangling of the it's... carrot aren't we yeah it's know. a good point that the beginning of the story does give away quite a lot not the ending, though. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Well, uh, we got one more here from Paul. Uh, hmm. Subject to this one is excellent idea. Excellent. Oh I yes, yes. This says, is quite fun. Guys, has there ever been a Cyberman story exploring how the David Banks Cyberleader character? became a Cyberman. It strikes me as an interesting idea to delve into his genesis. His genesis. Um, Was he a fallen (laughs) hero of the cyber wars? Was he a misguided scientist whose creation turned on him? Was he an ice cream man on the wrong planet at the wrong time? It's that one, isn't it? I think he worked (laughs) at Halfords or something, you know. (laughs) Something like that.
8: maybe,
0: Maybe he fitted bird boxes for the council and uh, just just misstepped one too many times. Uh, Only Big Finish can tell us, though. Regards, Paul.
2: Well, yeah, I like the ice cream (laughs) salesman. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if you want that medium ground, you can watch the VHS of Silver Nemesis with David Banks behind the scenes going on about how wonderful it is to be a Cyberman and wear Doc Martin boots yes uh, that's that's i think where that was like in the between stage where he's half converted he's saying well uh, uh, i actually it's not so bad i've got these wonderful things called doc martins and um, he then tries to exterminate sylvester mccoy with a coat hanger i was going to um, say that
2: is my favorite bit the fact that <laughs> in the, he uses a coat hanger and he's very serious about it in the rehearsals he does the noise and everything yeah oh incredible legend legend well, there you have it. Uh, that was listeners' emails. Don't forget to send your emails in to podcast at bigfinish.com. Coming up as soon, we'll be previewing Thunderbirds, Operation Asteroids, uh, giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release mm. for the Randomoid Selectatron. And we'll be giving you a 15-minute drama tease for the second Doctor Companion Chronicles, Volume 3. Well, next up is our also available segments. This week,
6: it's Torchwood in Fidel Places. Ladies, these are not signs for women's eyes. I just insist you need.
3: Hello, I am Jade. Uh, Jade Gordon. I am playing Miss Honora Tapley, a narrow-minded, patronising man who is considerably less clever than he imagined. In other words, a Cambridge don. She is highly intelligent, uh, very feisty, opinionated. Um, knows what she wants.
5: The men in this play—they're awful, aren't they? Do they remind you of anyone? Yes. Was there anyone? Uh, was there anyone like these people at university for you?
3: Oh, yeah. They're all over the place. But I think um, nowadays they do a very good job of hiding it, don't they? It's not as obvious as it was back then, but I think it's still quite... Um, there's a lot of parallels, let's say.
5: And uh, has it been nice getting some revenge?
3: It's been lovely. Sweet, sweet revenge. Although, if the good Lord chooses to strike a man down in judgment, to your majesty, who am I to gainsay him? Sir John Glover.
5: Who are you and who are you playing?
6: Uh, That's a good question. Um, I'm playing Sir James Montesquieu, the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Cambridge. What a
8: thoroughly unlikable man. How ever did he manage to be selected as Vice-Chancellor?
6: A pompous man opposed to women receiving degrees and also uh, chairman of the Cambridge Misogyny Society. A little learning does no harm if it equips a girl to help her husband in his studies. But the work, the real work, That can only ever be a man's
5: domain. Has there been a moment of awfulness of Sir James's that you've particularly enjoyed playing?
6: Um, I think just generally his um, opposition to Queen Victoria walking on the grass at uh, at college. Hi, are you here? Your Majesty, you are on the grass. On the what? The grass, ma'am. Women are not allowed on the grass. Does
5: it remind you a bit of your university days?
6: Um, It doesn't because I didn't go to a university. I went to a drama school. Were there awful men at drama school? Uh, No, we were all lovely, and very lovely to the women in particular. But then we were only after one thing. I don't ask. Their advice on our sword fighting, of course. What did you think I meant?
8: I'm Rowena Cooper. And I'm playing Queen Victoria. What would you say this play is about? <gasps> That's... Uh, don't ask me. I have no no idea. It's to- It's completely... I don't understand any of it. But you did say you liked the script. Oh, I like it. It's great fun. It's very funny. It's lovely, but it's... a. Uh, uh, don't understand it. A lot of it. <laughs> There certainly have been significant interdimensional intrusions here in recent days. The play is full of awful men.
5: Uh, Is there something wonderful about it being a
8: revenge story about awful men? Well, you see, not all men are awful. So it's, oh, I can't really think of anyone I'd want to take revenge on. I suppose when I was younger I could have, but not now. Now I'm very old and people are very kind. Even men... So that's quite nice. My name is Una McCormack and
4: I wrote the script for Infidel Places. Have you considered that
8: these schools might have a point? The ladies? Are denied their opportunity to study. They are not
6: denied opportunities, ma'am. They have two colleges of their own. Two!
8: Oh, such largesse!
6: And now we must vote on whether they can receive degrees? Because they are barred from recognition.
4: So, um, some of the history behind this piece, the uh, setting is Cambridge and the background is one of the many attempts to persuade the university to admit women to degrees. Um, From around the late 1860s, various women's colleges were founded uh, around and then in Cambridge. But um, women students weren't formally allowed to graduate.
2: And uh, just go to bigfinish.com and type infidel places into the search pane to get another cracking Torchwood drama. Cracking.
0: Well, coming up soon, we of course have the Randomoid Selectatron plucking a random release out of Rand's archives. I can hear Rand now warming things up. But first, we're giving you a special sneak preview of Thunderbird's Operation Asteroids. Five,
7: four, three, two. Go. Raise your hands when I can see them, both of you. I'd take any risk that might help her ladyship. Sleep? Do you think I can sleep when three of my boys are out there facing heaven knows what?
3: I'm sure brains will be able to stall for quite a while yet. I'm picking up a strange message of some kind.
8: Thunderbirds Operation Asteroids by John Faden. Adapted by Ross Arrowsmith. Narrated by Wayne Forrester. A hundred knot gales screeched and howled across the tiny tropical island. And the palms bent and whirled their feathery fronds like weird mop-headed creatures writhing in agony under the lash of a giant whip. Huge waves raced in from the gloom of the storm-wracked Pacific, to explode in fury against the cliffs, which sheltered the secret base of the organization known to the world of the 21st century as International Rescue. Jeff Tracy, Founder and commander of the organization stood at the wide window of the luxurious lounge of the white concrete and glass house, nestling against the cliff wall. His rugged, tanned face crinkled in a challenging grin as he watched.
7: Blow your worst. This place has been built to withstand the worst you can conjure up, old man of the sea.
3: Just the kind of weather that could bring a call for our services, Mr. Tracy.
7: Guess you're right, Tintin. A ship's sinking suddenly. A plane struck by lightning and forced down. We never know when we'll be needed. Space station from base. Come in, John. Emergency call, son? Guess not, Father. Unless you figure the fact that I'm five minutes overdue for relief is an emergency. <laughs> Where's my kid brother, Alan? Still in bed? The last time I checked, he was knocking spots off Scott at table tennis. I'll get them to blast off right away, son. But I'm warning you, it's blowing half a hurricane down here right now. Ah, after a month up here, I'll welcome a hurricane, Dad. Haven't even had an emergency call for 36 hours. Okay, John. I'll get Grandma to pop one of her special apple pies in the infrared oven. Should be done to a T by the time you touch down. See you later. Alan. Scott. Action stations! What is it, Dad? Guy in space wants rescuing. Name of John Tracy. Says he's sorry to drag you two fellas out of bed, but his relief's five minutes overdue.
5: Oh, he does, huh? He would quibble about a little thing like that when I've got him on the ropes. The places you had. Why you positively yelled with relief when Dad said action stations?
7: Now, boys, break it up! Get cracking! Sooner you're away, the sooner you'll be back. And we might get a call meantime.
5: Okay, Father.
3: Excuse me, Mr. Tracy. Can I go with them, please? I need all the experience I can get at handling the electronic equipment.
7: Guess you do, Tintin. Okay. All set? Sure, Dad. Be seeing you.
8: The carpeted section of the floor on which the couch stood sank slowly out of sight, taking Tintin and the two brothers with it. In the shaft below the house, hydraulic legs lowered the couch gently onto twin rails, along which it glided smoothly and swiftly into a tunnel leading to the vast underground bunker that housed the near 300-foot spaceship known as Thunderbird 3. Just go to bigfinish.com, just
2: type Thunderbirds into the search pane at the top to see our our lovely Thunderbirds releases.
0: Well, coming up any second now, I can (sighs) see it flying through the air, is our drama tease this week. It's the Second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 3, so get ready to be teased.
2: But first, it's... (music) The (sighs) Randomoid Selectatron, where we give you a... Free. No, 25% a frisbee. frisbee 25% Frisbee It's just like a quarter of a Frisbee <laughs> It really hurts when it hits you No, A 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release What have we got, Benji?
0: Well, Rand has chosen this 187 Doctor Who Masquerade Oh This has got a up. really fun cover Of uh, Peter Davison <laughs> With with a lovely sort
2: of mozart Beethoven-y wig on. Oh. Oh, yes. Let's hear the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. Masquerade. Your guests have arrived.
4: I was not expecting anyone.
2: The Doctor, madame, and his companions. A Doctor. Do the doors of the Marquise de Randel Salon open now
6: to the bourgeoisie?
3: It's not just me, is it, Missa? You feel there's something wrong too.
6: Strange strangers run and
2: die the children are becoming hysterical as
4: has the doctor because I need your assistance in removing that man from my house madam he has abused my hospitality Questioned me as though I were a criminal of the third estate and now runs amok calling out to shadows I believe
6: him quite mad no No. you listen to a dead man the steamroller man is coming
5: doctor no one
2: knows how to go. No! Dead man let go of us! Happy now, (sighs) Nissa. Happy you tried to (sighs) help this maniac. Madame
1: de Ramdel, I believe we are all in great danger.
2: Smash door down.
5: Devil this place!
2: Subscribers get more at BigFinish.com. So, directed by Ken Bentley and featuring featuring Sean Brosnan. (laughs) No way. Is he related? (laughs) Is he related? I wish. I wish. Sean Brosnan. Let's find out. My mate and Andrew Dickens playing the uh, very interestingly named Steamroller Man. (laughs) He is. He's the son of Pierce Brosnan. Is he really? Yeah. Oh. Can I say that any higher? (laughs) <laughs> it is yeah it is yes absolutely does he look anything like him in some photos yeah actually wow
3: yeah
0: there we go that's that's quite a how to see
2: ran is always topical you can't lie and there's francesca hunt who is india fisher's um sister oh, even more topical yeah is it oh, i suppose so yeah um well thank you ran that was lovely um i better tell jackie emery how to um how how to do her job no um to um you know upload this to the site because she's very good at that sort of thing okay um, well, whilst
0: you do that i will tell you how you can get 25 percent off because it's well worth knowing all you have to do is go to bigfinish.com once you're on there go across the menu to podcasts once you're on the podcast section it'll say read more so of course i mean you're only human you've got to read more um once unless you're not human of course. Um, once you there if you go down to the blurb underneath the picture of us it will say uh, the Randomoid electron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selected release, release on offering you a 25% reduction on the selected release just click here and enter the code buck up and that's all you do just click there enter the code B U C K U P uh, no complication I, I just can't speak today B U C K U P no complications no spaces no punctuation nothing just capital letters enter them <laughs> in and you'll get
2: 25% off <laughs> lovely fantastic well nice work ran That's amazing. (laughs) Um, Next week's podcast will be packed with all the usual fun and frolics. Um, It's all top secret at the moment, so I can't possibly tell you, but there will be listeners' emails uh, sent to podcasts at bigfinish.com. There will be, of course, the Randomoid Selectatron, and we will be going behind the scenes and giving you an also available segment. Plus, guess what? A 15-minute drama tease, which is coming up now, I think, isn't
0: it? It certainly is. Yes, drama tease this week is the second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 3. Three, so buckle up but before that before that just want to thank you for listening to the Big Finish Podcast and supporting oh. us here at Big Finish Productions don't thank forget you. to rate, review, subscribe and spread the word about Big Finish for the love of
2: stories ah. Time now for the second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 3 Death of the Daleks Oh yeah.
5: Get off. Get off. Just let
1: me
4: go. Get him in the chair. Hook him up.
1: Look, the doctor's still out there, you know.
4: Yes. Yes, he is. Why is he out there, Jamie? What's he doing? I don't know. I think you do. Switch it on. Sorry about this, Jamie, but you forced me to it. Listen very carefully, you're part of a hadron interface now. Keyed to your cerebellum. If the chemistry balance changes in certain ways, you'll regret it. Do you understand me? Aye. Do you understand me? Aye! Better. Now, where's your doctor friend? I don't know. But you'd vouch for him? Always. That's not what you said yesterday. You said he'd not been himself. He's
1: not been himself since Scarrow I meant. You don't understand. Do you
4: know where he went? No. Do you know what he's doing? No. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him, Jamie? The machine will hurt you if you lie. Do you trust him? I don't know!
1: a good thing too. Anything that puts some distance between Scarrow and us. I don't mind telling you, Doctor. I'm glad to be done with that place. Likewise, Jamie. Likewise. Still, it wasn't all bad, was it? I mean, the final end of the Daleks. That's going to be something worth celebrating. Yes, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. The scourge of the galaxy, you said. The worst enemy the civilised universe has ever known. And you destroyed them. Every last one. (coughs) Well, now, the... um, The scanner's not revealing much. Uh, We seem to have landed in a field, but it's thick with mist. I, I can't make out anything beyond a few trees. Sounds like the Highlands. You have not brought me home, have you, Doctor? No, no, not the Highlands, Jamie. Not unless someone's lifted them up wholesale and transported them halfway across the galaxy. No, no, this isn't even Earth. Here, shall we take a peek outside? Aye, I'll fetch Victoria. She's still sleeping back there. No, 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 no. uh, Let her rest. uh, After everything she's been through. After everything we've all been through. All right. Well, if you're sure it's safe to leave her behind and all, she'll be perfectly safe here in the TARDIS, Jamie. It'll give her a a chance to recuperate. (laughs) Here, pass me that pen and I'll uh, leave her a little note. Uh, mm -hmm. There. Ah, so long as she doesn't wake up and think we've all forgotten about her. Forget about her? How can we ever do that? Oh, this place is nothing like the Highlands. No, no, Jane, no. I fear we've found ourselves somewhere rather less salubrious. Hey, look at those tracks. Some huge machines bend this way and, and over there. The burning wreckage. Houses are what looked like the remains of a ship. Been a, a grave battle here. A, a war. It's only just ended. It's like no war I've ever seen. Where are all the soldiers? Gone. Or defeated. Look, look. Uh, over here. This was a building once. A, a home. And that was a street and what's left of a, a gathering point or, or square. This was a town or village once. Something came here and Obliterated it. Aye, some of the powerful weapons. That's exactly what's troubling me, Jamie. Doctor, on that wall there, it's like a shadow, but there's no one casting it. What? Oh, Oh, how awful. What is it? A scorch mark. All that's left of a person who's been incinerated. Just a shadow of soot upon the wall. What could do such a thing? An energy weapon, or, or rather... The thing wielding it. Hey, but that's like us. Precisely. Like a Dalek. But you killed them all, Doctor. You wiped out their entire race. I I don't think you need to keep reminding me, Jamie. Then it can't be the Daleks. Maybe there's something else. Some other race that's developed similar weapons. Another race that could wreak destruction on this scale. Exterminate people in their own homes. Those blotches over there were people. They were lined up and executed we search those other ruins, we'll find more. It's all we'll find. This is what they do, Jamie. They conquer and destroy. Doctor, maybe we should go back to the TARDIS. It's too soon for all this. Everything that happened on Scarrow. Well, maybe it's not just Victoria who needs some rest. Don't be ridiculous, Jamie. I, I intend to find out exactly what's happened here. You hear that? Hear what? That voice. We should be getting back to the TARDIS now. from that direction. Doctor. Doctor! Doctor! Where are you? Right. Where are Ah! Here. Whatever this conflict was about, it's already seen to that. No, it to me, but I can't save you. But I need you to tell me. How are you here? Did some of you survive what happened on Scarrow? Did I fail to destroy you all? It's dead, Doctor. A dead Dalek. The best kind. No, Jamie, no. It spoke to me. It said... What? Never mind. Well, Anyway, you were right. They are responsible for all this. Look around, Doctor. There must be ten or more of them, all dead. I'd say that whatever battle was fought here, the other side won. It looks like you're not the only one who knows how to put an end to the Daleks. Yes, I just... uh, I can't help wondering if I could have done more. I don't suppose it matters now. Ah, well, what I want to know is how they ended up here in the first place. I thought we'd seen the last of them on Scarrow, but here they are again, turning up like a, a bad smell. Could we have gone back in time, Doctor? To before what happened on Scaro. I don't think so, Jamie. We appear to be somewhere on the outer rim of the galactic spiral. Settlers didn't arrive out here for millennia. Oh, I, I think this is later. Much later. Oh, well, not good to get answers standing about here. Anyway, look, those buildings look relatively intact. We'll head that way. We might find something, or someone that can explain what happened here. You're sure you wouldn't try to just head back to the TARDIS? No! No, what I, what I did on Scarrow, I, I need to believe it was worth it. I need to understand. That doesn't look like much. An abandoned farmhouse, maybe? Yes, a prefabricated one. This colony hasn't been here for long. But is it abandoned? There's smoke coming from the chimney. Well, I certainly could use a sit by a warm fire by now. All this treaching through the mud. Hey, Watch your footing here, Jamie. It's too late for that. I've already got it in my boots. I, I didn't mean the mud. I, I meant What What is that? Felt something shift. No, 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 Jamie. No. Don't, don't move. Now, no, Jamie. Remain perfectly still. Don't move a muscle. Doctor? That's it. Not even an inch. No, let me take a look. Doctor, what's going on? It seems like you've trodden on a landmine. A landmine? Yes, a bomb planted in the ground to protect whoever is using that farmhouse as a base. I'm standing on a bomb. And you want me to stay still? Listen to me, Jamie. Now one move, and the whole thing could blow. It's triggered by pressure. Oh, perfect.
4: This dying Dalek, Jamie. What did it say?
1: I got there too late. I didn't hear anything.
4: Or is it possible you were there in plenty of time? And the Doctor... Imagined it all.
1: He was talking to it. It upset him somehow. He'd have to be mad to be making that up.
4: But that's my point. Yes or no, Jamie, that's all. Is it possible your doctor friend imagined all this?
1: Uh, well,
4: the th- truth won't hurt you, Jamie.
1: Listen, you don't know the doctor like I do. What he's just been through, I know it's weighing on his mind. But he's not a killer. <laughs> Oh! Not like that. Look, we've we fought things. We've defeated them. Some of them died, but it wasn't murder.
4: It was fighting, wasn't it? Battling against a powerful foe?
1: hi. that's right.
4: But that's what's worrying me, Jamie. How do I know your mad doctor friend isn't battling us?
1: Ah, it seems the farmhouse is definitely not abandoned.
4: Halt! Oh, stay where you are!
1: I wasn't planning on moving any time soon.
4: State your business.
1: Whoa, whoa! There's no need to any of that. Uh, yes, we uh, uh, come in peace.
4: Like hell you do. There's no such thing. Not on Tersimon.
1: I it you're the ones responsible for the remains of those Daleks back there.
2: Aye, and more
1: besides.
4: You're not refugees. Or soldiers. Where did you come from?
1: Ah, We've only just uh, arrived. Uh, my, my ship is, is back there on the uh, other side of those ruins.
4: You've crossed the
1: ruins? Did you see anything? Any Daleks? Only dead ones. Well, there was one that was dying. Uh, the, the, the doctor spoke to it. Uh, yes, but it's it, it's dead now. Good. I wonder if it wouldn't be too much trouble to help my friend. Uh, we're, we're no threat. Please.
4: No, I'll disarm the mine. Anya, are you sure? Just do it.
1: Oh. sure. Well, thanks for that. We'll uh, <coughs> just be off then.
4: I don't think so. You're coming back to the base with us. I've got some questions for you.
1: Well, uh, might I suggest you point your guns in the other direction? The, the Daleks are your enemy, not us.
4: Oh, he's funny, this one. But we're not taking any chances. Not until we know who you are. Follow us. And tread carefully.
1: I think she means business, doctor. Better do as she says for now.
4: Yeah, it'll be getting cold soon. Wrap this around you. Thank you. So, names.
1: This is Jamie, and uh, I'm the doctor.
4: A doctor? We've not had anyone with proper medical training around these parts for months. You can take a look at Holden's leg after this. Ah,
1: I'm afraid I'm not that kind of doctor.
4: Well, then what kind of doctor are you?
1: Well, most people tell me I'm the infuriating kind. Uh, Now, is this all that's left? Uh, Of your people, I mean.
4: Yes, we're the last. What happened? There were hundreds of us here, at first. A brand new colony, filled with hope and expectation. Farmers and miners. Sent ahead of the main colonization fleet to prepare the way. And then the Daleks came. There weren't many of them. Less than a hundred, by our best estimates. But they didn't hesitate, didn't even state their demands. They simply set about exterminating every last one of us. But you fought back. That we did. In desperation. A few of us had military training. We'd been the original military escort for the colonists and had settled into our new role as the local police force. We raised what small army we could from among the survivors and fought back.
1: You took on nearly a... A hundred Daleks and one?
4: Just a handful of you? We knew this place better than they did. We fought them in the ruins, picking them off one at a time, planting mines, aiming for their eye stalks. But it wasn't enough. They just kept coming again and again.
1: So you, you did the only thing you could. You knew you had to wipe them out to end it once and for all. You knew that if you didn't stop them here and now... They'd take what they wanted from this planet and move on to the next, and and the whole thing would happen again, somewhere else.
4: that how did you know?
1: I saw the wreckage, the way the earth had been churned, the, the burnt remnants of the buildings...